get into it, man. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. No, <laughs> just intro it with the with the laugh. Go ahead, man. <laughs> this is gonna be some good B roll right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh it god. It was a fun time. It was a all I gotta say. It was a fun time <laughs> in the store this morning. Oh man, it's funny. First of all, did not know these balloons were gonna be that big. Hello. That's fire. That's all right, man. I love it. I love the, the big back. energy you bringing today, man. That's awesome. Old back seat. I was like, okay, can't see out my rear view. This is uh, gonna get me uh, gonna die all in the name for the pod. That's cool. Die for content, man. Always. <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome to episode one hundred. Big one double O of the Super Weapon Podcast. It's your boy Darius the Artist, and as always, I got my co-host DC here with me today. Very festive it day. It is <laughs> the 100th episode. Look, we got a little cake for our audio experience who might not be able to see this. <laughs> we, got our, we got our cake, but I'm going to post it on TikTok. So go on over there. You'll see it there. We got our cake. We got our balloons here. We got the balloons. You feel me? Very I'm decked out, you know, I'm decked out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very festive, Gras, man. A little Mardi Gras slash 100 episode swag. I got my Squirtles on, you feel me? Oh my God. My Squirtle 6000 on right now, you know? <laughs> if you, know, you guys could just... see this guy, man, this is so funny. I you might have to saying? take a screenshot Woo! of this to post this online. Like and this. this is great. We got a... Peabody Pod Award for Best New Pod. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> this is where All you right. insert some like a uh, uh, standing ovation round of applause. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. All oh, this is gonna be on the TikTok. If you if you guys want the visuals, oh, this is it'll awesome, be there. Man. Got our award, you know, hold it up. Want to give a shout out to everybody. I'll do that later. But for now, you know, we're gonna. We're gonna jump into what are we gonna jump hey, into, man? man? We, Some we, of our favorite episode, moments. Um, episode one hundred, you know? man. First things first, man. I just wanted to say, you know, this is a big moment for us personally, man. You know, when we, you know, I first approached you talking to you about the pod, man. I the initial idea, you know, I honestly had no idea that we would make it this far. This, you know, with this kind of consistency, man. I just, you know, I don't really like to you know, toot our own horns too much, man. But, you know, I just want to say, man, I, I would not want to do or have another co-host on this podcast, man. This has been some of the most fun two, two years, close to two and a half years we've had, man, making these episodes. And definitely got to give a shout out to the audience, man. Thank you guys for rocking with us for 100 episodes, man. You know, I think, what was it? You, you told me a long time ago, like the average podcast lasts only like, was it like 15 20 episodes or something not something not oh yeah they it, it may be a little shorter than that um yeah it's not like super long you know for us to defy the odds and bring it here 100 episodes man i you know just yeah looking back on it man i if i had to pick like a moment in time that was probably one of my favorite episodes besides the most recent ones we've had with bz and era it's probably our last of us two uh, discussion from last year you know i feel mm. you know I, don't, I feel like we don't do enough of those um we haven't done a lot of them but elden ring you know, that one was definitely that one sticks out to me in particular just because of the amount of emotion that game drew out of the both of us you know like never did i you know people have their own opinions you know of course everyone has their own opinions about last of us too i love the game um, I know you liked it as well, but that one definitely was probably one of the most fun conversations I think we've had because we didn't agree on everything. And I like that, man. Like that was definitely a good time, man. Like, do you have like a favorite moment or episode, you know, that kind of sticks out in these hundred? Um, well, I was in the editing room and I was just going through, first of all, I want to say that even though we made it this far, we are still learning. This, this podcast is really, really ground-rooted and into the simple fact that we learned as we were going. We were learning. We kind of jumped out there. We got tired of waiting. We figured there's no perfect time like the present, so we just jumped out there. 
didn't really know what we was doing when I listened back to the the old episodes. I'm like, wow, like just the sound quality. Um, we were talking over each other, <laughs> and <laughs> it smoothed out. Like a lot of stuff started to smooth out. We we learned things. We upgraded equipment. We started to learn the flow of each other. I got used to my voice and hearing myself and how I sound because it was like every episode to kind of go back and try to well go back and edit something and it's just like you're constantly hearing your voice and if you're a very self-conscious person it, it can be a lot I was just like oh my god my voice sounds horrible like why do I is this how I sound to people but it's been a long journey and just learning has been one of the greatest parts of this journey and I feel like it's the reason why me personally I can keep going with it because every day literally every episode and I'm not just saying this like on some cliche BS you learn something you really learn something mm -hmm. like audio you I learned something in Adobe or just within the gaming industry itself you learn something because we do have research on the topics that we pick and you go into these deep rabbit holes and you may learn something that you didn't previously know. And once you start getting to that, the the other side of gaming, um, when, when you're dealing with the, the devs and the developers, you're just constantly, constantly learning. So with that being said, let me see, I'm gonna pick a moment. I think one of the funniest moments for me was when we, um, I think we were talking about retro video games or something and i i mentioned bad dudes oh. and it was just like your reaction to bad dudes man i'm gonna post that on tiktok bad was dudes like, yeah man it was just like the natural reaction you was like what like bad i remember dudes. that we yeah. were talking about beat em ups and stuff that was one one of those moments i still laugh at to this day um that's awesome obviously having guests we're not going to include those in our favorite moments because you know, having guests is a new thing that we're we're reaching out and starting to do. Mm -hmm. And of course, both of our guests of Era, aka Micah, who you guys may, you know, hear on the stream a lot. And then BZ, of course, you know, another one of our brethren. You know, I'm not gonna pick those two episodes because it's too easy, but I'll say like the bad dudes and then you know, ah, you took you you took that episode from me. Um, I really, really liked the fact that I think with the Last of Us episode is where we kind of really clicked. Like, yeah. it really started to kind of make sense for us and come together and we had a, a good back and forth conversation. You know, there wasn't like a lot of um, talking over each other and it was just a very good episode. It was just like, Okay, it's starting to get better. Then I think after that, I think, was it before that? Because I think that's when I just upgraded my mic or something. Because I remember I had the Yeti and then I was upgrading. I think so. And I want to say, yeah, it was probably around that time. Yeah, so that was definitely, definitely, definitely. I just remember the emotion, like talking about that game because it was just, to me, it was a very good game. And I, I just remember that episode because of the discussions we were talking about and how heavy the game was. So I would have to agree with you on that. I would have to say bad dudes. Um, bad dudes. <laughs> actually, if you look on my Instagram, <laughs> if you look on my Instagram, I believe I posted a clip on my Instagram. That was like the 40th. That was like a 30th episode or something. It was a long time ago. It was a while it ago. It was definitely Man. a long time ago. It does not feel like two years. No. It really does not feel like two years. It was like... Time, and time flies, man. It definitely does. It really does. It, it was so many small moments, too. I wouldn't necessarily pick, like, an episode. Yeah. But I think, like, there was a lot of small moments in there, too, to where anything that, like, makes me laugh is a moment for me. So we had a lot of discussions about certain things, like, when we were talking about... um. I believe we were talking about Kratos and his relationship with his son, which was another mm. thing that kind of made me laugh and the whole boy and how he just <laughs> called him boy. So that was just like funny to me. 
and I believe that's on Instagram too. I think I clipped that and put that on Instagram too. So I may go ahead and just upload, like re-upload these to like TikTok. I think you should. Just for That'd like the awesome. nostalgia. Yeah, just like a throwback TikTok. Like, yeah, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm not gonna talk your ear off. I, I just, there's no, so man. many. I may fine. just do a reel. I might. I may just go through all the clips and just. Oh, like a two year. Like a, oh, that'd be actually a really good idea. Oh, yeah, man, that's awesome, I think man. that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write that down and put it in. A, in yeah, man, it's so. just it, it it's just wild, man, to, to see how far we come. Like now that you say that, like, Dude, and, you know, and so I, and I and I kind of wanna, you know, I kind of I wanna say, man, we I don't want to necessarily say we're still learning, like we don't know what we're doing anymore. I really feel like over the past 100 episodes, we've really found an identity for what we want to do here. And now we're kind of expanding yeah. on it, you know? Like I I want to say we can stand toe to toe with some of the most popular gaming pop culture podcasts out there, man. I really do believe that, man. And, you know, shout out to us, man. And oh, hey, what's going on guys? Um, Yo, Mike, thank you for the eight months, man. Thank you for the congratulations. What's up NW, man? Thank you guys for tuning in to the episode 100 podcast, man. But yeah, man, it's just, it's awesome that, you know, I'm very thankful that, you know, we still have the means and the ability to, to make this podcast every week for everyone. This is definitely some of the most fun content that I've been doing, you know, especially since I haven't had the opportunity to stream as much over the last like month or so. Um, I always still look forward to this, man. I always try to make time for this. So it's, it's awesome, man. Like shout out to you guys man in chat and stuff for hanging out with us always the listeners of course on the various podcast platforms man excuse me had a little hiccup there you know i might be getting a little choked up guys but um yeah man it's just awesome to be here man glad to be here and of course of course that's of why course. i got on my squirtles yeah can't see no emotions my man got on some jerry beads right now man you know he, you know he's he rocking it today man i love the fest the the, the festivities man I, I love it man um but yeah, man, we, we definitely got some stuff to talk about today. Some very interesting topics. News of a, I think, probably the biggest delay of next year. And hmm. a game, a fighting game announcement. You know, we haven't got one of those in a while. So yeah, man, we got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Hey, Mike, I hope you have a good day with your kids, man. Thanks, thanks again for stopping by and the congrats, man. Uh, thank you for the eight-month resub as well. Um, but yeah, man, let's jump right into it, man. So... Bloomberg, man, my boy Jason Schreier, man, the industry whisperer himself, man. You know, he he dropped a, a, a pretty big bombshell over the uh, last few days, um, talking about Activision possibly delaying Call of Duty next year, which is supposed to be developed by Treyarch Studios, the ones who make the Black Ops series. Um, and I think this will be the first time in almost 20 years we haven't got a Call of Duty game. Um, or a premium, let me say like a premium number, because there's some caveats in here with this whole story. But apparently Activision has been kind of talking about this. Uh, they've, they've been having conversations with the team, um, the developers, um, possibly delaying Call of Duty next year um, for various reasons. I think, honestly, the one that released last year, Vanguard, probably had a hand in this decision because it didn't launch in the greatest state and there's still issues going on with the game today. Um, I still watch a lot of like, you know, pro Call of Duty CDL stuff from nearly every weekend when they have events, I'm usually tuning in. So I just thought this was incredible. I never thought, you know, cause we talked about this when Microsoft, you know, announced that they were purchasing Activision, you know, we actually had this conversation, like would they delay Call of Duty? Um, and I honestly think it's a good idea that they do just based off of everything we've seen. So of course, we're still gonna get one this year. Uh, the word on the street, that one is Modern Warfare 2, um, the sequel to the 2019 game, not the remastered of the original. Um, but man, this was this was a huge, this was, I think this is gonna change the game industry as a whole, just because of how much, how many, how many copies they typically sell every year. Like Call of Duty usually ends up by the end of the year being the number one selling game every year and it has pretty much for the last two decades um so what did you kind of think about this news man when you heard this like do you think it's going to actually happen and if it does like you know where where do they go from here with call of duty because we've kind of gotten into this I, I feel like call of duty's been in a rut the last few years personally um but yeah man where, where, where you kind of like land on this like do you are you happy that they're delaying it will you pick it up well... in 2023 or 2024 
actually, this makes me very, very excited. I want them to delay it. I, I've been saying it. You know me. I've been saying this for years. I've been saying that Call of Duty should not be an annual game. It shouldn't. It's like, it adds so much stress. Like, people don't, we just consume, right? We just expect something to come out every year, and we don't think about the aspects and the things that the, the devs have to go through to produce a game of that magnitude, right? Every year. You have to produce this every year. And then you got to think about the toll it takes on them because you produce something only for your product to get slammed. We've said this a billion times before on this podcast. No one sets out to make a bad game. No one. I don't think no one just sits there and be like, oh, let's just hurry up and push this out. Ugh. You know, I believe strongly in my heart that when someone puts puts out a game, they're trying to put their best foot forward because they're trying to make a return in their investment. With Call of Duty, I never thought it should come out every year. I know it makes a ton of money, but after a while, you get fatigued. You get fatigued of the series, uh, the devs, you know. Just imagine those guys, the pressure they get put under to try to do that. Every yeah. year, dog. Like every year, you're trying to do that. Like that's crazy. So, being dev friendly, I am excited for this. But also, that pressure's still going to be there because it's like, okay, well, you have two years now. So if they drop, quote unquote, a dud, then it's going to be like, oh, well, we gave you two years, and this is well, all it, y'all came up with. It technically be four years because there's. Because they're still cycling there's, there's between three, the... Yeah, there's three studios. So there's three That's studios, and they're on a three-year dev cycle per studio at this point, where where it used to be two on a three-year cycle. Two on a two-year cycle? I can't remember. It's, it's it's all over the place. But yeah, so it, technically, Treyarch would have roughly four years to work on a Call of Duty title. That's even better. That's even better, like I said, but it's still a double-edged sword. Because you have all that time, and if you have all that time and you still drop what people may deem a dud, then they're going to be looking like, okay, what did you do with those four years? But I, I'm just against the, even with um, sports games, I'm just against games coming out every year, no matter what it is. Like, I just don't think it ever ends well. Like, right. look what they were doing with the Assassin's Creed, a game of that magnitude, how large that game is, and they were pumping this thing out like every year. And so guess what happened with that? You start to get a lot of copy and paste. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're not gonna change the 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 HUD or the littlest thing. Like people will always say, well, Ubisoft games all look alike. Well, they're producing them every year. So I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm pretty sure the devs make a few corners. Like, they have to. You got to kind of be understanding of the situation. Like, there's going to be things that get cut if you have to produce something that big every year. And so to make something of quality, hopefully with this extra time, it'll give these guys, you know, they can kind of relax, get some some fresh, fresh ideas on the table, uh, learn what works. You know, because they do, they go through a lot of testing, test phases to see what will work for a, a good campaign, or that'll give them time to write a better campaign story, to execute the littlest things that consumers don't think about when they buy these games. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and I feel like this will give them enough time to kind of adjust and refresh and come with, you know... No idea is new, but if you could just innovation. make tweaks to something, yeah, uh-huh. just, you know, maybe they'll do something more innovative with the time that they have. So, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm happy for this. I'm excited for this. And plus, with the amount of games that come out, you know, people shouldn't be complaining. You have other things to play until Call of Duty come out. There's a lot of great games out right now. Um, like you said, we're still going to get this Call of Duty, so you'll have that. And then they'll start their their new cycle. So, you know, yeah, it's because how many times have we been playing Call of Duty? Man, I'm still playing the old one. Like, I still like this one. So, 
True. Yeah, I'm with it. And that's what, it, that's what I think is interesting. Like, you know, I, I look at Call of Duty as a brand. It, it, it really has changed over the last 10 years or so, especially with the implementation of Warzone. Um, and ele- I mean, you know, of, of course, there were rumors that they're allegedly working on what they what what is being called is Warzone 2. So I don't know if that's like an actual new version of the game or some huge update they're planning for Warzone that's supposed to launch this year. Um, with the next Call of Duty that's supposed to release this fall. And there's been rumblings of another remaster that, that might come along. I personally would love to see a Black Ops 2 remaster. I think that would be something that they're probably going to release next year. I don't think we don't get a Call of Duty game next year. I just don't think we're going to get like your your Black Ops 6 or your you know Advanced Warfare 2. or you know You won't get like your big marquee title, but... For them to take off the main dev and give them extra time, I think is, uh, I think that is a good idea, a good decision to make. Because I don't, if I remember right, when what was the one that the remaster that came out a few years ago? Was it Modern Warfare? Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe Infinity Ward worked on that. I think it was a a studio that's affiliated with Activision that did most of the light work for that. So. And, you know, that's why I said Black Ops 2, because, you know, you brought up older games, and we used to play a lot of Black Ops 2 back in the day and still kind of oh, did the until... <laughs> and the boys will be back in time. You know, that that would be something I would buy day one, 100%. I would spend the 60 40 whatever they charge for it, you know. But I don't think there's a world where we don't get a some sort of release next year. But, you know, I, I just kind of look at it in, like, all facets of this, because, like I said... You know, I'm still very much in tune with a lot of this, the uh, esports side of things. So this would be the first time where we would have a Call of Duty title for two years, um, essentially running for competitive, which has never happened before. You know, and I think that's always been like one of the biggest draws for uh, Call of Duty esports is you have the draw of a new game, the hype of a new game. You can kind of market that and and. and and build your your campaign, your marketing stuff around the new game. But I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do if they have uh, Modern Warfare Two for two years. You know, we're gonna see more DLC packs, uh, more balance changes. Um, I would love to see more innovation on that end of the business versus just, you know, hey, here's another thirty maps, here's another twenty maps for two years, because how are you gonna retain your player base at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know people like my brother and you know people like your brother who don't really who aren't really in ingrained into the the very nucleus of the game industry like we are you know they just they'll buy the new call of duty and play it you know and they'll enjoy it for the most part so i wonder how they're going to keep that audience retained because yeah we've we've kind of talked about halo a little bit in the live service issues i'm using live service air quotes here because you know we haven't really had much content for halo infinite since it dropped in december um but how are they gonna you know how how do first person shooter games retain their audience when they switch to a model like this is what i'm curious about you know question you know you see you see things like halo right now honestly i feel like the only thing holding halo up right now is the competitive scene to be quite honest um i know a lot of people came back last week because they reset everyone's ranks but you know what can they do to to retain the attention of their audience? I mean, we we usually get one or two shooters every year, um, anyway. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm that's that's the thing I'm most curious about. You know, I, I think this is definitely going to have an effect on release dates of other games, though. So Call of Duty typically releases, you know, that October to November uh, time frame. So I'm just I'm I'm very very curious about it, man. I, and, one, and just like you said, man, I'm happy for the devs. I hope that they really get the time to sit down and really figure out what it is they want to do with Call of Duty. Because I honestly don't have an answer of what I would want to see for, like, innovation for, you know, 2024's Call of Duty. I mean, at this point, what can they do, right? They've done pretty much every time period. They've done every war. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's a, that's a tough one. Man, I think what they could do is... I wouldn't try to reinvent the wheel. Like, they've done everything. I would just, I would, I would keep it, I would keep it definitely boots on the ground. But I was like, just re, like, redefine the way it feels. 
Right. Like Call of Duty, and what I mean by that is Call of Duty always just seems like there's the typical three lane, you know, traffic. It's the three lane traffic. You know, everything's kind of stagnant. Even if you put a little motion in the maps, like maybe have some things move around. Uh, you're fighting on a dock or something, maybe have cranes and stuff moving around. Have some little simple stuff like that can kind of give it a different feel. And I think that's what they need to kind of focus on, the way the game feels. Like, or if you're fighting on a boat or something, like the last one when you were fighting on that big boat, maybe the boat dock or something. I don't know. It's just like, one of the, my complaints about Call of Duty is it always felt really stiff. Like, things mm. just didn't... It was like, only thing that was moving was your man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, just de more detailed graphics and maybe focus on the way each gun feels. Like, I think if they hone in on certain things and just make the experience, like, have a, a feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Call of Duty has just always been run and gun straight shoot you know what i'm saying yeah very arcade and, <laughs> yeah and i'm just like if you and, and it's what we've come to expect from call of duty i don't think they can go too left and i understand that because it's called the duty and the way they built their franchise like they can't go too extreme and it's like because it'll it'll it'll, it'll ruin what is known for like you said it's very arcadey, but I don't know. That was maybe in those two years. That's something that they could think about because I really can't think of anything either, besides little small, minute things that, to right. me personally, will make the experience better. I don't know how that would fare over with the the mass majority of people who play Call of Duty. But every time I play Call of Duty, I just feel like that. I just feel like you have some of these backgrounds are really beautiful. Some of the things, the walls and little stuff like that. It looked good, but everything just seemed so flat and just kind of there. So that would be kind of my suggestion. But like you said, it's very tough considering a franchise that's been out for so long. And these right. are the, 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 the type of problems that you get when a franchise has it, it's been out as long as Call of Duty. 20, these are the problems. 20 plus years at this point, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be like really, really tough for these guys to kind of, I think they're kind of doing it with Warzone. They kind of found a way to kind of monetize and um, bring, reintroduce people to the franchise, kind of bring them back with a new twist with Warzone, which has been out for a couple of years now. But then like once that starts to get old, then you're gonna need something else to sustain that Call of Duty you know, franchise, and it's gonna be crazy because I'm like, dude, if I had kids and they're playing Call of Duty, that would be insane. Like, this game would be on like a 50 year run. <laughs> it's just, and it's it's interesting, man. And you know, I, it I, is. It really is. I feel like arena shooters are in a really tough pace, place, and they have been for several years since battle royale games have kind of come on the scene. Not to say that, you know, once again, you know, Call of Duty always ends up being the most high selling game. You know, and that's people buy for the multiplayer still an arena shooter but in terms of like innovation you know we really haven't seen much on that front for arena shooter arena shooters over the last like 10 years 10 plus years and if anybody can do it i feel like it's the developers at activision um given enough time that they could make something truly special something memorable that people will want to come back to and then who knows you know maybe if they find success with this you know if they decide to do this take this route you know, maybe we'll start to see Call of Duty come out every two years, maybe three years. You know, you never know. Now, I just, you know, game development is such an incredibly, incredibly difficult thing. There's so many moving parts, so many different people working on it. You know, like I said, two guys sitting here talking about it ain't going to come up. We're not going to come up with the answers if they can. Hundreds of other people who've been doing this much longer than us can. Um, yeah, because it's, it's easy to say that. Mm -hmm. But then when, when you're putting it on a screen, it's a totally different ball game. Like right. we can sit up here and come up with all these cool ideas, but maybe for some technical reason that don't work. Right. Maybe there's some, you know, technical when they're creating the 3D design in a computer or whatever, something just not clicking. So it's easy to kind of just throw ideas and be like, oh, they need to do this. Well, 
you know, like you said, there's a hundred other people working on this that know what they're doing. So yeah, man. So I guess we'll get more information. I, I, I wouldn't say probably until next year, you know, they're probably going to focus on releasing the one this year. Hopefully it's good. You know, I always say, man, I'll go back to call of duty if it's good. You know, if, if I, if it looks like something I want to play, I'll go back to it. I'm fine. Not playing it now, obviously. Um, but man, Activision is going through a lot of changes over the next couple of years. So, um, we'll see, man. I mean, that definitely took me by surprise, man. But of course we got to move on, man. We got to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. I'm very excited to talk about this subject, man. You know, Capcom was teasing everyone for a week, about a week or so with that countdown. We got the reveal of what everyone knew was coming. Street Fighter Six, you know, was leaked last year that they were working on it and that it got delayed possibly due to COVID. We got a teaser trailer with my boy Ryu and he got on sandals for the first time in 30 some years. Oh, uh, and that boy toes looking good <laughs> for him to be. That man that walked around the world and his toes look well manicured. Yeah, man, you know, he's he's looking good. You know, he's facing off against Luke, the new guy from Street Fighter Five. So, you know, it's foregone conclusion that he's gonna be in the next game as well. Um, this one, like I said, it wasn't very a big surprise to people, but you know, it was hype nonetheless, man. And they promised that they're going to reveal more over the summer. Um, you know, Street Fighter Five came out in 2016. Can you believe that? I looked it up earlier, and I was like, man, I feel like this game came out like two, three years ago. But it's been, it's been, it's yeah, been it's like been seven, eight six. years. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Been a long, yeah. Street Fighter Five, definitely. Yeah. I still have it on my computer. Ain't touched it to this day. Uh, it, I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, the V trigger and stuff wasn't working for me. I didn't. Yeah, let's so let's I, yeah let's talk about it, man. You know, of course, uh, for those who don't know, man, Street Fighter Five when it launched, it didn't really have the greatest reception. Um, especially when you come from what Street Fighter Four was or Ultra Street Fighter Four. Um, what you know that that in my opinion was the pinnacle of the series at that point um, and they and you know Capcom released Street Fighter 5 of course it didn't come out on Xbox it was on it was exclusive to PlayStation and PC which was another huge huge deal in my opinion um, but my first question to you man is you know do you think that we're gonna get a Street Fighter game for Xbox this time or no negative nope we're not I think PlayStation is. I think PlayStation is going to hold Street Fighter close to its heart. It's definitely the reason why I say that is because look where the fighting game scene is at right now. Mm. I think I think Sony wants to keep that, and I, I mean I'm not mad at them for doing it. I, I kind of want to play the new Street Fighter, but I totally understand. And then I'll probably have a PlayStation by then. But I think that's one of the the, the the key chips they want to hold on to and hopefully they build something on that like we spoke about the couple of episodes ago and i think you had like this really great idea for them to kind of merge with the, the tournament scene uh sony to like merge with the the fighting game scene and kind of do something with that i really want to see them do something like that and i don't think i mean i think they will because Street Fighter is such a big game. I think Sony's going to load up a lot of hype around it. And whether that hype be having tournaments or sponsoring tournaments or mm -hmm. helping with the growth of the, the fighting game uh, scene in tournaments, I think Sony wants to be a part of that. Like you, Street Fighter is, it's up there. It's up there in the top tier titles. You know, it don't get spoken on a lot because I feel like it's a fighting game. Agreed. And, you know, but if you really want to be, like, honest, Tree Fighter is, is one of the pillars. It's one of the, the gaming pillars. Like, you know, you have your games, like, you know, we love the Halo series and stuff. To me, Street Fighter is right up there with Halo and a ton of other great games. So, no, I don't think Sony's going to give that away. I think they're going to hold on to that. I'm inclined and... to agree to you to agree with you on that. I just, I, you know, I don't feel like Xbox is really focusing on fighting games at all, and it it didn't bothers me. You know, this is one of the, one of the criticisms I've had for Xbox since. Well, when did Killer Instinct come out? When when was that? Like the 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 front end of the Xbox One generation, sometime like. Killer Instinct came out 
You mean for console, right? Yeah, it was on Xbox. It was an Xbox exclusive. It was on there, like, I think, like, the front end. I'm going to look it up real quick, man. And I just, you know, I don't understand their their position on it. Like, why you why you looking that up? Beasy, have some cake, brother. Have some cake. Have some cake, man. Xbox One release date. And this is what bothers me about it. It's 2013 this game came out, man. We haven't heard a peep, uh, you know, nothing about them working on it. You know, it's published by Xbox. I forget the developer. Um, let's see, it's right in front of me, actually. Iron Galaxy, which I think Xbox owns, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're one of their first-party studios. But this is the thing that bothers me about Xbox. It's like, you know, they, they don't really have a relationship with the Eastern developers you know, Capcom is just like you said, Capcom and Street Fighter have been in the gaming industry for a very long time, 25 plus years, almost 30 years at this point. You know, with Sony buying Evo, what was it last year, or the year before last? You know, I really hope that we do get some sort of collaboration and promotion um, with them Dude. through Evo, you know, and I personally, you know, does it bother me that it won't really, that it may not release on Xbox? Not really, because I don't think Xbox would support it. I really don't. I don't <laughs> think they would market it. Dude, and they're definitely because I forgot all about that. They did buy um, Evo. Mm-hmm. They did. They purchased Evo. They sure oh yeah, did. yeah, yeah. With Street Fighter coming out, definitely. Now I I want to co-find what I said to the tenth power. It's definitely going to be a lot of hype surrounding this release, and I can't wait to see what they do because, like I said, man. Street Fighter doesn't get enough to me personally. Street Fighter doesn't get enough props. It doesn't as one of those games, and it is. And I, like I said, with fighting games, fighting games are big, but they're very niche. Like it's kind of weird. It's like they're known, people love them, but sometimes they kind of don't get the respect of other games, other gaming uh, genres, shall I say? I agree with that. I and you know it's. Out of all the esports and competitive genres, I feel like fighting games are still holding on to like this grassroots mentality. And I can't say one way or the other if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, you've seen the commercialization of a lot of other things like first person shooters. Um, you know, you have Counter Strike, Valorant, you know, uh, Call of Duty. All these individual games have these super huge and structured leagues. You know, the only thing we have for fighting games at this point is really Capcom Cup. And you have a bunch of other individual events being run by uh, individual tournament organizers through Capcom Cup, but that's it. You know, they they didn't they didn't support Marvel Ultimate Marvel when it was out. It wasn't on the Capcom Cup tour. It was just kind of like on the side on its own thing. And then Evo over the last couple of years, especially with the the controversy with uh, the owner of Evo, the, the the former owner of Evo. You know, with you know we're not going to get into all that stuff, but. You can Google it if you want. It's pretty gross. Um, you know, I feel like Evo and, and fighting games have really just kind of like slid under the radar over the last like five or six years. Um, and I'm hoping that Street Fighter Six comes back to, brings it back to form. I mean, no, we don't have Yoshi or Ono, Yoshi Nori Ono working on the Street Fighter series anymore. I think he actually retired after five, if I'm not mistaken. Can I um, jump in real quick? No, sure, man. I see a good question. BZ in the chat said, do y'all think COVID killed the fighting game? No, uh, community? I, I don't. I don't because, you know, once again, you look at, you look at other leagues that have, that have permeated and continued to grow throughout COVID. You know, like I said, Valorant, Call of Duty League, um, hell, even Rocket League. <laughs> you know, those things, those things really, those things really kind of grew and they, they stepped, they kept developing um over the years i just don't think that there is a central quote-unquote governing body for the fighting game community you know when i was in college and stuff i was real big into fighting games dc tell you man that's that's what i played mostly throughout college was was i was going to tournaments local tournaments and stuff i was doing all of that but there was never this there was never a feeling of unity among the fighting game community and that's my biggest criticism is going it's going to always be my biggest criticism of the fgc so two questions, two questions to, to, to piggyback on what you just said. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I've, do you think the fighting game community kind of get a bad rep? Cause over the, the, like at least last couple of years, there's been a lot of not so favorable things happening 
True. within the gaming community as far as like there's a lot of me too moments yep. yep yeah yeah i was gonna say there was a lot of you know very nasty sexual things happening within the fighting game community and do you think that played a part in it kind of falling back no i don't i i think because we don't you know unlike other gaming genres fighting games don't come out super often you know, they, their cadence is a little bit irregular when it comes to other games because, and I think that really has more to do with the innovation that goes into creating new games for fighting games, you know, new systems, new, 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 ta I mean, you look at uh, Street Fighter V, how different it was from four in terms of fighting game mechanic. You know, you had the introduction of the V trigger, V skills versus uh, FADC you had in four. And it changed, it, you know, you really get basically a brand new game. It's not really like, like we were just talking about Call of Duty, where you know I'm gonna pick up a gun, I know how to shoot the gun, it's gonna shoot relatively straight. I kinda know what I'm getting into versus playing Street Fighter, then going to switch over to play Marvel and then Tekken and then, you know, Guilty Gear. I think the the problem is, like I said, like I think the biggest issue is there is not one governing body that can elevate all these different games under one platform. You know, I would have loved to see Evo have like a tournament series throughout the year versus just having just their one championship in the summer. You know, maybe they did like a, you know, like an Evo tournament series where they have like qualifiers and then majors that lead up to the the Evo championship in the summer. But we never mm, got that. Also, like a like, so you're saying like a tournament season? Like shooter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not like just like a regular season, like. You have to play and then you'll let your record determine if you get into even like like the playoffs. Like if you were playing like, you know what I'm saying? Like you fight different people. You, you were fighting different people throughout the year then say if your record was like, okay, you're 20 and one, you make the playoffs. Yeah, like- But like, if you were like zero and 6,000, like no, nah, you know. Yeah, like Capcom like, does something like that. Like they have like seeding points and stuff that they award to people who win tournaments. NW, I didn't mean to delete your comment. I was actually trying to allow it to pass through, but what we were referring to a couple of years ago, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of things that came out about certain members of the of the fighting game community during uh, during the whole Me Too movement throughout the game industry, where some people were abusing others in gross ways, and you know, I don't I don't want to get too much into it, man. Like I said, if you you know, feel free to Google it. But there was just some, there were some, uh, there were some unsettling things going on in the fighting game community, particularly in the Smash Brothers community, that kind of catapulted everything off. But, um, I think that that really kind of turned over a lot of the, the per, the bigger personalities, yeah. And, you know, one thing I always say too that doesn't help that that's been kind of stunting the growth of the fighting game community is you don't have a crop of new talent coming up through the ranks. You know, definitely. it used definitely. to be like that when we were in college, you know, there was always like a new guy coming up. Like, oh man, who's that who beat Justin Wong? Uh, you know, who's, who's that guy, that new guy right there, you know, and then they start showing up in multiple tournaments. But I think because the popularity of fighting games has kind of declined over the last few years, you know, you have less people wanting to play them, pick up and play them. Like, you know, the very, and you know, we can, that kind of speaks to a larger conversation of, um, ease of access, the barrier of entry, you know, the difficulty of playing certain fighting games. Uh, we've talked about it a lot with Dragon Ball Fighters Z, as a matter of fact. You know, I mm -hmm. particularly don't like it at all because of the, the the introduction of the auto combo system. But some people love that, you know, and that probably helped that game become more popular, you know, as a result. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Because the purists can't stand it. Mm -hmm. Like, the purists cannot stand it. And... I don't want to like because when you say purist, it has like a kind of negative connotation, right? But I totally get where they're coming from, and I'm a casual fighter, but I totally get it. I get where they're coming from. Like a lot of them, I I've been in that community. I've talked to people who play fighters because I used to play it a lot, and yeah, a lot of people like I love the game, but I really hate the fact that you know they have this this, and you don't have to use it. Mm -mm. But it's still weird. Like a lot of people, a lot of people prefer not to use it. Actually, actually, it kind of messed you up. I was one of those if, people. <laughs> yeah, it, I didn't it, like it. It kind of messed you up because if you, 
like say if you drop a combo it's kind of hard to explain like and you automatically go into this other combo it kind of messed you up a little so yeah street i mean dragon ball fighters was definitely one of them games i still think as far as anime fighters go i believe it's still la crema la crema like the 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 service that it like the moments that it brings up in dragon ball it's a great fighting game Mm -hmm. but if they like just just tweak on the next one if they're if they plan on making the next one if they just kind of get rid of the auto combo system and just kind of tweak the, the the combo system and do an overhaul a little bit that game will definitely go down in history like is that de- is definitely a great fighting game it's just that one little hiccup or or i would say even like give individual players the option to, to turn it on or off you know for their for their controls you know i, I would love something right. like that i, I you know, like I said, it's a tricky thing because at that point you're talking about taking choice away from players and, I, and I'm I'm not really for that. But, you know, give me the option to cut off auto combos, not just not I mean, not for the other player, but just for me. And, I, you know, that might be a little bit more difficult under the hood, you know, talking about like development and programming. But I just I feel I really do feel like Capcom should be the ones that are ushering in this fighting game league like the capcom cup does really well every year i you know i'll, I'll peek in on tournaments every once in a while there was one actually last weekend where they were doing like a first to ten set with some players and it was really really interesting fun to watch but it it just it does not feel like the fighting game community has moved forward in the last 10 or 15 years whatsoever and it hurts my heart because i feel like fighting games are some of the most entertaining competitive things you can watch competitive sports you can watch but it, no, yeah, you go ahead. it really is. No, it really is. And I was, I was thinking like, with you have so many fighting games out that people really, really are drawn to. And I feel like I feel like I could be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like it's like a whole bunch of underground communities mm-hmm. that's kind of separated from each other. It is. You have like that Guilty Gear crowd. You have the King of the Fighters crowd. The Marvel you know, crowd, and they, the yeah, and they crowd, all yeah. they all think that they their game is that game, and then they all these all these people unite together to fight over if Smash Bros is a real fighting <laughs> game or not. Like that is funny to me. Like a lot of purists will tell you, Smash is not a real fighting game. Yeah, and then I've people heard who play argument. Smash. Smash would be like, no, it is because it takes technique. You got to learn this wave dashing, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And they're like, no, that's not a fighting game. That's a party game. That's what they say. They're like, oh, no, that's just a party game. And so I feel like you got all these little underground. It's almost like Naruto, like the the land of fire over here. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they all kind of don't mess with each other, really. <laughs> but I- yeah, so if you could unite that. I, I, I love fight. Man, I tell y'all this all the time. It's been a reoccurring theme since this podcast started. I am a lover of fighting games, but I'm so trash. I love <laughs> I love fighting games, but I am crema la creme garbage, okay? But I love fighting games and hey man, bring back Darkstalkers. That's what I'm going I just Bloody Roar. If I was if I was Sony, I would take Evo, turn it into a season, a year-long season. You pick Five or six fighting games, right? And this is not going to make everybody happy, but you got to start somewhere. Five or six fighting games to put along the circuit. That way you have a unified tournament organizer. And hell, you can even work with some of the majors that are still out there, like CEO that that still does their tournaments. I, I don't think Final Round has had one in a long time, but it used to be a major here in Atlanta, really big tournament. Work with some of the, the established people in the industry already turn their tournaments into part like majors part of the circuit and have those established games you can have ladders point system and just like you said you know eventually leading into a playoff bracket for the 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 big shebang in in las vegas that they typically do every year for evo Mm -hmm. you know and as long but as long as it, it stays the way it is fighting games are only going to stay where they are i really do feel like that and it's sad because, you know, I feel like Street Fighter 4 really propelled the fighting game industry almost. They were close, real close to that mainstream popularity with Street Fighter 4. They were so close to it, man. And then 
it just kind of burned all that goodwill because the game wasn't good. Street Fighter Five wasn't good when it launched. <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter. It was just bad. Or, man, that was like the pinnacle. It was. That was just like I don't care what anyone that... says. That was the best Street Fighter game to ever come out. I don't care what anyone says. I know everyone loves the third strike and all that. Street Fighter Four. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I think it did more for the fighting game community than any other fighting game. Period. That's just my humble opinion. And coming from a casual fighter myself, I can kind of co-sign this only because me being a casual, I was very invested in mm-hmm. Street Fighter 4. Like, to me, it was just, it was an all-around, it was it was just a good game, man. It was a good was. fighting game, man. And plus, people, the thing is, man, let's talk about Street Fighter 3. People want to talk about that, like, when Street Fighter 3 came out, that game made no noise. Let's be honest. Like, it was underground. I remember, yeah, it was like just to find Cade of Street Fighter 3 was like a unicorn. Because I remember looking for this game. Like, Street Fighter 3 didn't have, I, I don't know what it was. It kind of just came out. It came and went. It was making noise. Like, I believe it was like hot, like overseas. But in America, like, People be talking about Street Fighter 3 like it was always great. No, we just learned about it late. Like when that game came out, I promise you, that game didn't make no noise. Not whatsoever. Because I think what it was was it was the characters. Like a lot of people were so stuck on the Street Fighter 2. When they had all those, like they had so many different characters. I think people, and that's just to say something about people. People. You know, we got to get used to change. Like, people didn't like all the new characters. and Because I remember, man, I remember specifically when I saw this game, it was actually at a store. And I was like, wow, this is the first time, like, I've actually... Because remember, Street Fighter 2, those things, them arcades were everywhere. Mm-hmm. That was the lick. It was. Street, Street Fighter 3, when I saw it, I was like, wow. I remember walking in the store, and I was like, damn, Street Fighter 3? What the hell? Like, that game was so <laughs> obscured at the time. Like, you couldn't find it. Like, it wasn't like you went to, because this back when you went in the store and got a physical copy. It wasn't in stores. Like, dude, that game wasn't really promoted. Like, it was, now it's just like, people like, oh, Street Fighter 3, blah, blah, blah. It was the greatest game. I'm like, that wasn't always the case. No. That but, was that was definitely, that's a good point you made, because I just looked it up. Yeah, it, it originally released in 1999 for arcade only, and then it got ported to Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 and Xbox. You couldn't find it. Yeah. I'm telling it you. It wasn't on consoles. I remember. I remember you could not find that game, bruh. So for people to act like it's always been the GOAT, that wasn't the case. No. Honestly, Man, I, I, w- I would put for you Street too. Fighter 2 Turbo above it, honestly. But, you know, we'll start an argument with people. I, got, I, What's your I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> I don't know how much time we have. Uh, we're we're about 52 minutes, man. Yeah, sure. Okay, quick question. Quick question. What is the, what is the most obscure, weird fighter that you would like to see redone? Like, because people don't understand when Street Fighter blew up, there was a lot of weird fighting games that that came out that people probably don't even remember. I know so many of these games too. Oh man, uh, God, I immediately just thought of one. It was called, uh, let me see. I think I'm a bust out laughing. Bro. Primal Rage. <laughs> I had to Google it real quick. Yeah, Primal Rage. I would love to see that comeback. Fighting dinosaurs. Where you were fighting, yep, you would have people, then they would transform. Yeah, man. Primal Rage, I think, was, I would love to see. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a picture. It has a T-Rex with uh, boxing gloves on. I'm sorry, man. I just... <laughs> I would love to see this oh comeback, man. I remember God. Primal, Primal Rage. Primal Rage yeah. was the shit growing up for me, man. I loved it. Oh, I love this game so much, man. <laughs> I think they got it too, too. I think Primal Rage he actually had a second game. Yeah, I think it did have a sequel, man. I, I just, you know, I think this was, it was released on Atari games to arcades. Yeah, August of 1994. 1994, man. Holy cow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, man. No. I knew this was gonna be a goofy <laughs> one, so it's okay. Yeah, I love Primal Rage, man. It's, you know, I don't I think, think it would be competitive at all, but yeah, I would love to see this comeback, man. <laughs> I think Primal Rage had it where like there 
people in the background if you stepped on them they explode yeah there's like people in the background and stuff <laughs> oh my god bro you <sighs> primal rage 100 percent. bring it back come on atari come on guys so my pick this game actually introduced background fatalities to the world. Ooh. Or, wait, did this come out? No, I think Mortal Kombat probably did it first, but this one added on to it. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this one. The game was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Eternal Champions. Eternal Champions. Hold on, I gotta look this up real quick. Bruh, you could knock the fool into the fan in the background and it was Someone oh my does a, god. Someone does a drive-by <laughs> with Tommy guns, bro. I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, bro, look it up. Look it up right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's oh a my background word. finisher where they drive past Tommy guns and they do a drive-by. Oh, this is definitely a Mortal Kombat ripoff. I could tell this was it. <laughs> <laughs> Eternal is... Champions was so... Uh, I had that game on a... Holy Genesis. Christ. I had it on Genesis and I used to like invite my friends over and they wanted to play like Street Fighter. But if you remember for the Genesis, because Street Fighter was better on uh, Super Nintendo and Mortal Kombat was better on Genesis because Super Nintendo, remember, Super Nintendo had the six button controller. Yeah. Genesis. Oh, it did. Yeah, true. Genesis, you had to go buy. As a matter of fact, I think Nintendo in innovated the six button controller because they had it was the first controller that had the buttons on the top. Uh, Genesis only had the three button controller, so when you bought Street Fighter for Genesis, you had to go buy a uh, six button controller. So I would be playing Eternal Champions, and all my friends would be like, "Bro, it's like turn that shit off. We want to play." Street <laughs> I thought Eternal Champions was lit, bro. Oh and my then, gosh. Well, for people who really don't remember, Mortal Kombat was censored on Nin Super Nintendo. That's it why was. nobody never wanted to play it. It sure was. You couldn't was. do the finishing moves. It didn't have blood. And Genesis had all of that. So you just needed to get a six-button controller. Like, remember, cow, how bad, remember how bad that game was censored? Yeah, the, the, it was not a... Thing. Yeah, Mortal Kombat actually had a lot of problems, like when it came to the mature rating and stuff, it was it, people, a lot of parents and stuff were not for it when it came out. Cause it was oh, the first it like violent, consoles. it was like the first violent fighting game. Oh my gosh, this is so funny, man. I... <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm gonna make a, trust me, I'm gonna make a clip. I'm please, please put it. put a promo a... clip with <laughs> Eternal Champions on. Remember the, uh, you see the clip with the sea dude, that little, he would fight with that rusty trident. It was bad. Oh my gosh, bro. Jonathan. Hey, don't worry, chat. If y'all ain't see it on my Instagram, I'll have it up by Monday. I'm going to put a promo clip with Eternal Champion. If this, if this tells you anything, guys. Is it up there with bad dudes? There's a guy <laughs> whose, his name is Jonathan Blade. <laughs> Wow, that's so ninety. That's so edgy. That's so edgy, man. Edge Lord Gaming, right uh, there. <laughs> Holy cow, man! I I would love to see some of these games come back. I, I doubt they ever will, but I mean, hey, man, Stranger Things have happened, right? But yeah, you know, I I just at the end of the day, man, I I really want better for the fighting game community. I do. Like I, you know, it, it's crazy to me that even like when streaming was really more niche than it is now some of the biggest streamers on the platform some of the bigger streamers let me say on the platform were fighting game streamers they were the ones doing a good bit of numbers the tournaments were the ones getting a lot of a lot of viewership but it's kind of like the opposite now right like you don't ever really hear about justin wong anymore you know i still follow him he's still making content he's still making great yeah, content he, as a matter he of makes, fact. um he makes a lot of Hmm, excuse me. He makes a lot of YouTube clips and stuff now. Yeah. I follow him as well. Yeah, he does some fun YouTube series with like uh, Marvel 2 and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool to see him play with like different teams and random and select and stuff. But I don't know, man. I At the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited for Street Fighter 6. I hope it comes out. I hope it's good. I might I might pick it up day one. I don't know. I waited I waited on five for a reason because I didn't like the way it looked. I was like, yeah, some some about this right here. Just, you know, I want to follow my gut on it, but. Hopefully we'll get some more information about Street Fighter Six and during like the E3 season. Um, final question, man: When do you think it's gonna come out? Uh, holiday season, of course. 
Holiday 2022? Okay. November, of course. That's what they're lining it up for. I feel like that's what they're lining it up for, for it to come out. And please, please, Capricorn, please, Street Fighter, don't come out with no bare bones bull crap. Please. Yeah. Don't be coming out with no five fighters. Like, what did they do for part five? Like, when five came... It launched launched with 16, but it was just... The, the the balancing was really bad. A lot of people didn't like it. And there was something else that people didn't like. I think I'm looking up the 35th anniversary. No, because it didn't have a story mode. It didn't have nothing. I remember Street Fighter Five literally came because they yeah. were adding pieces as it went. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, if the game not completed, what I am totally with, and I know I'm a small minority with this, but I would just rather a game be pushed back. I'm that guy. Just keep, just until you're ready to give us the full thing, you know, I know yeah. you have people in your ear and they, you know, in the industry, they're like, oh, got to get it out there this day. I think it might come blah, out blah, this blah. year. I think the, because I just looked up the 35th anniversary for Street Fighter is this year. So that actually might be, that might be cool. If not, I'm going to say spring of 2023, if it gets delayed, which it probably will, knowing uh, how the game development is nowadays. But holy cow, man. I'm man. okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Hey, Street Fighter, take your time. Capcom. Right. Take your time. Take your time. It's okay. We will be okay. We got a shit ton of games to play. Yeah, absolutely. You're Street Fighter. You're going to get welcomed with arms regardless. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big release no matter when it launches, honestly. I, I, I'm right there with you on that. It's definitely the king of fighters. Mm. And on that note, guys, that's going to be the end of the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're about an hour in, man, and I... <laughs> Uh, once again, man, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 100, man. I, I can't say it enough. You know, I, I'm very thankful that we have, once again, you know, have the means and the ability uh-huh. to make these episodes every week. You know, here's to another 100 episodes, man. Shout out to my boy DC, of course, man. And, you know, one last note, man. You know, I don't want to make it too sad or somber around here. But, of course, man, got to acknowledge the things that are going on in the world. Um, you know, you know, I, I definitely want to say a prayer to all the people in the Ukraine with all the things going on over there, man. It's, you know, I've seen some pretty shocking videos and upsetting videos, man. It really just kind of, it's, it's honestly been, been bothering me a little bit, man. Kind of worries me, man. Whenever I see stuff like this going on in the world, like what it means for us over here. And, you know, I've had friends in the military who still are in the military DC, you know, was in the military as well, man. And. No, those are the people, you guys are the people I always think of first when stuff like this is going on, you know, nobody, nobody should ever be in war, man, you know, everybody should love each other, but unfortunately, that's not the reality of the world we live in, so, you know, if you guys just, you know, like I said, man, say a prayer, man, donate some money to the Ukraine, there's plenty of avenues for that out there, Um, but, you know, like I said, I just wanted to touch on that, man, not to end on too much of a somber note on episode 100, but I would not feel right if I didn't say anything about it personally, so... That's going to be it for me, man. You guys can find me everywhere. Darius, the artist where the E is a three. DC, take us home, baby. Well, my main man, Darius, the artist over here, could not have said it any better. Um, we have to speak on things like this when it happens, man. Fortunately, uh, it, I mean, things like this happen in the world that we live in today. In a perfect world, I wish we all got along and played video games together. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we have stuff like this happen. Ukraine, you know, we're, I'm, I don't want to just send thoughts and prayers. I actually want to be active in doing something that's going to help. So I'll be trying to figure out if I can donate, if I can send supplies or, you know, and I, I encourage everyone to do the same, man, because it's crazy waking up to jets flying over your things getting bombed. Um, I actually kind of a little bit like had a little, uh, PTSD kind of moment just looking at the videos. I had to stop watching it. Um, I've been deployed to a war zone, so I kind of know how that feels. So what we want to do is we want to kind of, you know, if you could donate, if you donate supplies, I should ju- I suggest that you find ways to do so if you can donate things to their troops. Because one thing, I'm going to let y'all know, if we have to send people and stuff over there, we love packages, man. I'm going to tell you, there's mm-hmm. nothing like... I used to get care packages from people I didn't even know. Kids would send me care packages and parents and 
like have little letters in there that says thank you for your service that stuff really helps man it may seem like a small gesture but when you've been over in the field for however many months and just to just to feel love and to feel that someone back home is thinking about you praying for you and they actually mm-hmm. took the time out of their day to send you something it makes a world of difference so i'm just gonna leave on that note because i feel myself getting emotional take her hey, home man, brother that's, that's all right man you know like i said man we're gonna we're gonna keep them in our prayers man and any type of um donation links and stuff man i'm gonna actually try to find some today um and we'll we'll, and we'll share them. we'll yeah. share them yeah we'll share them with you guys we'll make sure to so. do that man you know and and uh, as always guys putin okay all right guys <laughs> that's gonna be in the audio version man you guys have a good day if you're in chat hang around man we're gonna play some video games man we'll see y'all next week Bye bye